Hello, good evening and welcome to Victims of the Punch, our show about New South Wales horse racing. Saturday's meeting at Rose Hill is on the lands of the Barramatical and Darug people. We acknowledge them as the traditional owners and pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Uh, we've got plenty on today. Another punning story with a new uh, a new face presenting it. A couple of races to preview from a hopefully slightly drier Rose Hill. And of course, Mark Sheen's trial Black Bookers, probably the highlight of the show. Mark's still basking in the glory of finding Airman in the very first edition of Black Bookers. And now anyone who's anyone in racing agrees that Airman is certain to win multiple Group 1 races. So be sure to pay attention today. Mark Roden, what's ReadyBet offering for the punters this week? Yes, Victims of the Punt brought to you by ReadyBet, of which I'm one of the owner and operators, Australian-owned and operated bookmaker. Um, look, we've had a bit on this week already with the Wimbledon final on Sunday night and the Origin um, game three last night, both um, big betting affairs. I, we came up with a pretty good promo for um, Wimbledon on Sunday. It was just a bit too late to mention it in the show. We offered $3 uh, curious to win a set uh, for a max bet of 25 and it was very, very popular. And um, fortunately for me, I wanted to get the better at a reasonable hour. I was out of my misery early when he picked up the first set. So the job was done there. That, that cost us a bit, but it was good. Uh, nothing to that level this week, but we uh, have promos on racing and sport every day. So go to readybet.com.au and check it out. All right. So that's uh, some of the bills paid. We move on to another blast from the past. And this week, uh, we've got... Uh, in the chair for the story for the first time, is Rob Scurry. Now, Rob, uh, imagine you've got a tail from the mounting yard. What have you got for us? I actually don't. This is, oh. not, from, this is not from the mounting yard. Uh, this this is from uh, – the. It, it put me off ownership for 20, 25 years. So I didn't think our viewers would want to hear a story about, you know, how smart I am. I thought they'd want to lighten a bit of schadenfreude. So we'll go back to uh, 1996 and um, – you could almost say I was in between schools as, as a 17-year-old and um, I was having a good time at, at Elwood High and my accounting teacher uh, was a legend. Like he, he didn't make accounting fun, but he loved his football, loved his racing. And I, I, I found out uh, that he had a good relationship with Cliff Brown. Oh. So, so good, in fact, that he was in previous two years, South Australian Derby winner called Cheviot. Uh, and then a Rose Hill Guineas winner called Tan PLA. yes. Yeah. So, um, and he, he that obviously found out that, you know, we're in the, in the game and might be interested. He said, Rob, I've got this unraced three-year-old Salieri horse. Um, it, it's, uh, we, th- we're confident, we think it's going to, it's going to make the grade. Um, it hasn't raced yet. Um, would you like a, a quarter share? Go home to your dad. What do you think? So I, I go home to dad and she says, well, you know, we don't really have sort of money for an unraced salary lying around and you want to maybe <laughs> go to this private school next year. So, you know, I, I'll leave it with you. What do you, what do you, what would you do? What do you, you think? And I thought, oh, probably, probably a dumb idea. Um, anyway, <laughs> go to the private school. I go out to Werribee, um, uh, Mounting Yard Mail and, and I, I, this second start salary. Uh, it's thirty to one. Um, I back it and win it, and I go, Dad, that's 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 the horse we could have bought. And he's like, Oh, bugger. Anyway, uh, this horse proceeds to win a South Australian Derby, um, and then run third in a Melbourne Cup. It was named Markham, and it oh, put me <laughs> got beaten about a neck in a Melbourne Cup, and and from the time that we could have bought it. Um, to the to the time it won the Melbourne Cup was 
was about six and a half months, seven months. So it certainly, uh, it did a lot in two preparations. It was one of the best looking horses in Melbourne at the time. Uh, and, you know, you, you think I, I, I go on about, you know, honour and war and protests and stuff stay with me. This stayed with me through my early 20s to my late 20s. I was still kind of upset about it. Um, but, you know, you, you get over it and you move on um, eventually. <laughs> <laughs> I literally, literally got beat, beaten about a neck in the Melbourne Cup. But oh, yeah, that that that's uh that's my story uh for this week. No, well the, the sensible decision isn't always the right one. I mean you probably thought you were doing the right thing at the time, not frittering your money away on unraised three year olds or whatever it was. Uh anyway, it's always the way. Always the way. <laughs> well anyway, I'm back in today and um well, I, I my first horse of, of I've ever owned and it had a trial at the Coleraine and I'm Excited, look very good. So look out for for him oh. um, uh, at some stage. Excellent. Yes, there's. Uh, yeah, good to see you haven't. Uh, it's only taken you what 20, <laughs> 24 years, years or something to get back into it. But it's good. Good to see you can't keep a good man down. Uh, we'll just briefly touch on what's been happening in Sydney uh, racing this week. Um, well, it's, it hasn't been raining as much, but the tracks have still been wet. And I saw, I didn't actually read the full article, but a couple of trainers were interviewed on their views on a synthetic track for New South Wales. Now, this is one thing they've, the state of New South Wales has resisted. They've had the Acton in Canberra, uh, which is not hardly used at all these days. But, um, you know, Victoria's been gone heavily down the synthetic path for winter racing. And they've had, they've been lucky they've had one in Queensland because that the poly track at Calambra saved them a hell of a lot of meetings. But um, there's resistance in, in Sydney itself. What do you, what do you think, Mark? Do you think it's time? Well, only two years ago they said it'd never rain again, so um, I'm, I'm not sure uh, Greta was on the front page saying uh, bushfires till the alternatives, wasn't it? So <laughs> anyway, we're, uh, I'll tell you what done about the rain. It absolutely poured here. And, uh, I don't know if Rose Hill got it this morning, but it absolutely poured here, as uh, Rob would know. He's in the more expensive part of Maroubra than I am. So, Maroubra um, Heights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll tell you what, Ramick would be a, f- a 14 uh, today considering the rain we had, but I'm not sure Rose Hill got as much. Look, it's probably something uh, to think about, but um, I think uh, Racing New South Wales seemed more interested in putting money into prize money rather than infrastructure. So I don't think it's going to happen in the foreseeable future. Yeah, I think we'd be probably should concentrate on getting Warwick Farm looked at first, among others. Rose well, Canary's rooted as well. Canary's had it after this autumn and winter. Yeah, it, it's it used to be clearly the best wet weather track in Sydney, and I, I think through no fault of the staff, just the amount of rain they've gotten and the traffic it's got, it, it's had it completely had it now. So there's so Kensington's not in great shape either. So there's three or four tracks just we've mentioned turf tracks within a minute that need uh, plenty of money and time spent on them. And um, look, a synthetic track I think would be I mean be great to have to avoid lost meetings, but. Um, Clearly, a long way down the list of priorities. Rob, yeah, the the highlight of the show. Do you want to uh, take the range for this one? Yeah, right. Um, yeah, Redburn Express Black Book is some of the best trials in New South Wales you can put into your Black Book. Presented by uh, mailbagbloodstock.com.au. dot um, and we've currently got a speeth out of Miss Barwick. Um, no coincidence. This is our third progeny of speeth we've purchased. Uh, we had Akatango, who won last Friday, uh, broke its maiden at Tamworth. Uh, Will Bourne, uh, he he loved this filly. Um, he's he Kieran's um, sort of one of the guys who does a lot of work at the sales. Uh, with great warmth, athleticism, 
Kieran spent up to 325 for a Spieth, uh, which is a huge amount considering the service fee. That was in January. Uh, just completed breaking in process in the hinterland in Queensland. Did everything right. Flying colours. Shares available from a tick over a thousand bucks. So email Jono at the mailbag dot com dot au uh can i just also say that we're one from two 50 percent strike rate winners to runners with the mailbag bloodstock um mark you've identified two horses this week uh we start with the wally yard in some pretty familiar colors uh Kazalark. yeah so we had trials at ramick last friday which were on the poly track so you know give, there's a little bit of a disclaimer with these trials because poly trials uh, can be a little bit misleading but the horse we're highlighting here is Kazalark, who has had a number of trials. He was in and uh, heavily backed at Canterbury about a month ago and was scratched and uh, they sent him back to the trials. Look, he'd had one trial where he was necked out the back by Nashawilla. Then they scratched him, had another trial at Warwick Farm and he was almost unsteerable. He was pulling his head off. This is the most tractable I've seen him. He was jagged out the back, but uh, he went really straight. I think it's the best of his three trials so far. He's right down the outside here. Makes up ground. Uh, Jock, I think Hugh Bowman Road had a lap full of horse. Um, so, as I said, I think that's the best he's trialled, even though he was hard held in one trial at uh, Rose Hill and then the unsteerable one at Warwick Farm. I think that's the best he's gone. So, they've probably uh, backed off him a little bit to iron out some kinks. And I think they may have done that uh, just judging by the way he hit the line there and uh, the fact that he looked a lot more tractable to my eyes. So, uh, he'll be ready to go to the races very shortly, I would say. From the same, yeah, same set of trials. Uh, in the very next heat, in fact, stable made of Kazalak Conqueror. Yeah, Conqueror. Um, this is a son of Churchill, who seems to be doing some very good things uh, with his progeny. He's had one start for one win, and uh, he's in purple with white stars. Jumps out, eases back to the box seat, and then gets a rails run in the straight. Uh, watch him uh, hit the line here. I'd be very surprised if not a group horse this horse. Um, the uh, first start turned out to be a pretty strong race. I think uh, there were a couple of group winners that come out of that race, actually. I think uh, I think She's Extreme was in that race, looked unlucky, and uh, Dashing Legend, or one of those legend horses who won the one of the, the lead-up to the slipper, was in the race as well, unless I've got dementia. But anyway, uh, this gets right up on the fence here, hard-held. Uh, I think it'll be aimed at uh, some good races, uh, and be ready to go in the next couple of weeks. So watch out for it. I might be heading off to maybe a race like the Golden Rose or something like that. I don't know if I'm going off a bit uh, early, but uh, he's a lovely-looking horse, and I think he's got a lot of ability. Yeah, you're quite right. Just uh, had to do a bit of last-minute research there. Um, she's extreme ran fourth in that race. Uh, yeah. Conqueror, well, Conqueror won. And uh, Dashing Legend that might have been the other one you meant, uh, mentioned third. So, yeah, pretty good. Seven Vales was in that as well. It was stakes placed as well. So it turned out a pretty strong race. Definitely. Well, thanks very much. Oh, just while well, before we leave the Black Book segment, um, Salicel was one of yours, wasn't it, Mark? Yeah. Now, look, uh, she trialled that um, she's in at uh, Flemington on Saturday. I was hoping for her to go to a midweek. I'm not sure how strong that uh, – I don't know that Melbourne formal that well. But she did trial well in Sydney, although – or she beat uh, yesterday Smart Legend, got knocked down in the second race yesterday, so it was hard to get some sort of a line there. Uh, he was coming into the race and got flattened, so, and then he dropped out and was unplaced. So, look, I was hoping she'd maybe go more to a midweek rather than Saturday class, but uh, nevertheless, one to keep an eye on. 
Yeah, I think if you've been following these black bookers, you'd be in front, and uh, Salasel's going to be in double-figure odds by the look of it, low double-figure odds, and Jamie Carr's got the ride, so I think you'd be silly not to have at least something uh, on her on Saturday. All right, uh, let's move on to Saturday, speaking of Saturday, to the main meeting. Good a time as any to point out that Mark Sheen was absolutely on fire on this show last week, going two out of two. Found uh, Conscript at the very top of the market. It was backed into almost favouritism, I think, by jump time, as well as the highly promising Waihaha Falls, who absolutely bolted in uh, for the second time this preparation. Right, we've got Rose Hill, the rails back in the true, currently a heavy nine. Not much more rain forecast, uh, but some very cold nights uh, out in that part of Sydney, so you don't think it would be improving too much. They actually called Randwick a nine last week, but I thought it was closer to an 11, so just uh, be on the safe side and assume it's going to be quite wet, I think. Uh, as always, the mailbag is powered by Punningform, the best database in racing. Um, now, as I mentioned, the rail is back in the true. It's going to be a heavy nine at best, I would suggest. Any any tip on the pattern, Mark? Um, I'm thinking they'll probably get off the fence um, and might, might be a swoopers track or at least off the rail. Uh, what did you think? Yeah, uh, uh, there was a meeting on the 21st of May which was very, very wet, maybe going to be a bit wetter than this was, but that was... Yeah, no leaders won that day, and they were getting definitely getting wide in the straight. So I think that's probably the best way to um, approach the meeting until we see uh, evidence to the contrary. Uh, now, we're going to just have a quick look at the jockey data from Punning Form. This type of information you can find on the meeting page on the um, Punning Form website. Uh, towards the bottom of this alphabetical list, uh, you'll see Reese Jones, who's clearly been the uh, winter standout apprentice. Um, the figures for him are very good uh, over both both his last uh, 100 rides uh, and at Rose Hill more generally as well. Anyway, uh, we'll get into the two races Mark wants to have a bit of a deeper look at uh, on Saturday, and we start with race three. It's a benchmark 72 over 1,200 metres, and we'll start with the ready bet market. I'll just give you the main chances here. Number one, Cacophonix, 8.52, Dehorned Unicorn, 7.50, four Revidel Sol, 11, five Pizarro, 3.90, seven Diamond Hands, 11, in the bottom three, 10, pretty wild, 350. 11, Morioka, 850, and 12, Smashing Eagle at six. Mark, over to you. Yeah, I liked uh, pretty wild here. Now, she won her first start uh, in a maiden at Warwick Farm on a heavy track. And then she jumped up to Saturday Company on a much firmer surface and uh, still acquitted herself quite well, only narrowly beaten. So I like the fact that she's coming back to... Rain-affected ground here. I've got a mapping quite well from barrier number four there. I think she'll probably end up in the 1-1. One, one. Uh, not sure who's going to ride. Tommy Berry is indisposed with COVID, so we're awaiting a jockey there. But uh, I think the fact that she's getting back on this soft ground, she was so impressive winning on debut. And then we look at the replay here. She was just on the back of the speed and the black colours dive back to the rail. It was a bunch finished there. The Horn Unicorn is in the race on Saturdays uh, on the outside there in pink and white colours. But uh, she was up against a few hardheads there. Rebel Shadow had been racing well. So I just think she sets up nicely here. Look, I'm, I think the ones down in the bottom of the queries, Morioka, uh, even though she knocked up the other day, still looked a bit big in the yard to me. So I thought she did a good job. But she might have been flattered being on the rail at Canterbury. The Smashing Eagle's a big query. Didn't beat much at Gosford, but one in the style of a good horse. So uh, just a bit worried that they'd run such slow time there. But... It could jump out of the ground, especially if sweepers are winning. But I think pretty well gets a good run there, prove it in the ground. So I'm happy to go her way. Not sure what to make of that Pizarro and Riverdale Sol race the other day. That was on an absolute bog. 
Um, Pizarro's, even though he's won a race, yeah, he was just found a little bit wanting a couple of times. So, yeah, I'd rather be on pretty well there. What do you think, mate? Uh, well, I, well, starting with Marioka, I think there was a diametrical sort of opposite change of tactics at Canterbury, been getting back, getting back, getting back, then straight, well back and straight to the front and uh, got the job done. So that might be the key to it, just putting her in the race. I don't know. But it is the Canterbury form away is a bit sus. Um, it is a bit sus. Smashing Eagle, yeah, it was very confidently backed that day and won it and justified that backing. It, it, I agree with you. I didn't have that race rating particularly highly, but it certainly got some upside. Pizarro seems to have... <laughs> Look, I suppose he found the line well first up. That, that's that's the tick for him. But he's, I think he's just always been a bit overrated by the market. The the, the boom, so to speak, on him is yet to be anything like justified, in in my opinion. I, I'll, yeah, I think by that sort of process of elimination, I'd have to lend it pretty wild as well. At I think it's only a third start in the race. She's the one, perhaps with the most upside in the race. Um, Rob, have you seen any of these, and do you have any views? Yeah, I, I saw Morioka the other week. Uh, Pizarro, I was happened to back when he won at Warwick Farm. He just fell in that day. I thought he was a, a he looked superb that day. Um, but look, I I I, I I'm going to defer to Mark here. I, I think pretty wild. I'm not sure who's riding it. And I saw Kath was on last start, so um, could be a, a could could be Kath again, or maybe Kath off. Uh, yeah, I haven't got that stat handy, but it's um, one I've been happy to play over the years. I know that. So, uh, all right, I suppose on that note, we'll uh, move on to the other race we're going to look uh, at in a bit more detail. So this is race eight, uh, the TOB handicap over 1,800 metres, and we'll just have a quick look at the ready-bet market for this one. From the top, number one, Phillipsburg, 750, three flexible, nine, five first light, nine, eight love the invasion, 850, uh, and then the really the only other one in the market is the pronounced favourite, number 12, the Milky Bar Kid, $2.05, coming off a dynamic win on Wednesday in a field of two. Um, Mark, how did you uh, see this way? Well, uh, the whole key of the race is if uh, the Milky Bar Kid backs up. Um, now, I know Brett Abdullah, um, you know, rode it along to set a solid speed there to get naval warfare off the bit, but... Um, I don't think I've ever clocked a slower sectional 600 and 400 in my life. 45 for the last 600, and I got um, 31.3 for the last 400. Um, I, th- I think I would have nearly oh, beat him on foot. That 30 seconds plus for 400 metres. That's almost impossible for four-legged animals, isn't it? That's- Look, I know he. I know, as I said, I know he. You know, he made it a solid staying test early by rolling along, but. Uh, it looked like it was going to faint there halfway up the straight. I haven't seen any figures yet, but I, I must admit to the, I mean, to the eye, it looked dreadful. Uh, naval Warfare is completely shot as a racehorse. He really should have been beaten that by about 20 lengths, I thought. Uh, it, look, he sort of, he upped at tempo, then was dropping it. It was, it, I don't know if you want to read too much into it, but on the other hand, whether you want to be slightly into the shade better than even money. No, it's on the quick back up on the wet, which is a, a good old tick that people love to see, but gee, it, it looks short enough to me at first. Yeah. Look, look, he might not be all that comfortable in in on heavy ground. Like he he got through it to win, but he didn't have much to beat. Obviously, um, yeah, his, his best run was on the bit drier surface at Kensington. Yeah, when he led on the Kensington, it was was only probably you know about a four or five that day. So, look, I think Phillipsburg um, was a terrific run against the pattern of the day last week. Um, here he is right out the back in the red. Now, Le Chevalier saddled in the box seat and uh, 
the horses that run first and second here right up on the speed all the way, which was certainly the pattern last week, um, had to be up near the lead and on the inside. Now, Phillipsburg right out at the back comes steaming down the outside and he goes uh, back to a heavy track at Rose Hill where he won a couple of starts ago, made up a stack of ground here, um, gets better conditions, better track conditions to suit. Uh, hopefully they're swooping from you know, back in the field, uh, or at least from midfield at the very worst on Saturday. And uh, I'm hoping Milby Bar Kid goes around and this market holds up around that uh, 750 mark. So I think uh, he's a great bet here, Phillipsburg. If the Milby Bar Kid doesn't go around, well, we're going to be taking shorter odds, but I think uh, he's a great wet tracker. And uh, I thought that was a fantastic run last week. So he's my other play for the day on Saturday, race eight, number one. Thanks very much for that. Uh, Rob, uh, what have you got to tell us about what you've seen of these from the mountain yard? Oh, look, most of look like Wednesday horses. You know, you've got Kirkby, the Zuka, will that ever win another race? Kirkby, um, I can't see it winning on a Saturday. I I think it marks, there's a massive hole in the market here with the Milky Bar Kid. I, I, I can't believe it's even money. It should be $4. Um, Phillipsburg, it's a horse that's holding great condition. Um, it's, it's it's a real trier. Um, I think you've got to have something on it. Um, Mr. G, um, from out of a horse called Music Review. Uh, one very of, good. Yes. Uh, one of our mounting yards, Rob's story, backed it at $40, $40 first start at Canterbury one day. Um, tipped it to my old man too, replied, that one. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, I think that's a pretty, pretty good horse. It, 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 it's a bit of a yard watch, though, so um, because he's a, he's a gross type. Um, but yeah, look, I, I think I think it's a good race to bet. If if the Milky Bar Kid um, runs, I'll you know I'll be looking to to bet against it, and you know maybe have hold multiple bets in the race. And I think a very interesting runner on the day, boys, is Frumos uh, in race nine, number thirteen, who has hasn't beaten much at Newcastle, but uh, has won and treated horses with uh, contempt uh, the way she's won there. Admittedly, she's uh, skinny odds and got no weight in race number nine, but uh, crikey, she's been impressive at the provincials. Uh, the horse she beat at her first start, uh, one at Gosford today, Hide Your Heart, didn't beat much, but uh, got the job done, and Frumos was certainly uh, a class or two above uh, that particular galloper. Well, thanks uh, very much to both of you for that, Rob. If uh, the Milky Bar kid either drifts or gets beaten, there might be a job for you at Ready Bet as a price assessor. So you've, you've um, nailed your colours to the mask there. $4 chance about the even money shot. That's very aggressive. We love it. Uh, just recapping those two uh, plays for the day from Mark. That was race three, horse number, what was it? 10, pretty wild. And race eight, number one, Phillipsburg. Well, that brings us to the end, yet again, of another ep uh, episode of Victims of the Punt. And uh, we thank you very much for joining us today. And thanks, as always, to Rob and Mark. And we'll see you next week.